This morning's reading is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Um, can I just check before we go any further? Uh, is there any kids' groups on this morning? There are. Yeah, okay. So if, if you're a, a, a younger person and you'd like to join the, the, the other kids in the back, you're very welcome. Let's just pray for the kids as they go out. So Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the gift of our young people. We pray, Lord, that um, your Holy Spirit would fill them, that they'd come to know you in a real and special way. And we pray for the leaders who are, are, are taking them this morning. We, we give you thanks for Kev, and we give you thanks too for Wendy. And we just ask that you would bless them and grow this ministry, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, I'm going to move this slightly more into the middle because I'm feeling a bit out of things here. Um, just give me a, a moment. We really need to get ourselves a new radio mic. We had the most amazing radio mic, and um, somebody stole it, disappeared out the church. So we have got this one, but it's not that good. Uh, but anyway, I will persevere with this, and now I'm a little bit more central. Hopefully you can see me better. Can you hear me all right? Excellent. So it's a bit ironic, this, isn't it? Or maybe it's just God. But the theme I've been given for this morning is new church. Isn't it strange how I'm talking about new church, and yet um, we've gone back to kind of old church this morning, haven't we? Um, which uh, I'm sure God's got something to say in that. Maybe it was intended. Um, make sure I've got my water handy. So we're looking at new church, and I spent quite a bit of time putting together all sorts of pictures for this, and sadly, with the projector having gone, you won't get to see them. So I'll do my very best to describe those pictures to you, where appropriate, um, but we're not going to make it into one of those, give us a clue or anything like that, that would take things a little bit too far. That's not one of my gifts. I have been hoping to move around a bit with this, but never mind. The theme that um, I'm given is new church, and that's what we're looking at. I was collecting my thoughts around what I felt God wanted me to say this morning about new church. 
and I found myself getting slightly nostalgic. And I found myself thinking back to the bygone years and the many amazing things that God has shown us here at St Andrews over the years that we've actually been here. A well-known commentator, I don't know how many of you will have heard of this chap, uh, but there's a guy called William Barclay. Anyone know William Barclay? Sue does. Yeah, Dave does. There's a, there's a, there's a couple anyway. So uh, William Barclay um, says that one of the great perils of the church is to look back instead of forward. And he goes on to say that because the riches of Christ are inexhaustible, we should ever be going forward. And I, I kind of agree with him a little bit on the last bit, we should ever be going forward um, because we need to look forward. But I don't agree that it's wrong to look back. So I don't agree with him totally. And um, first thing I'm going to do this morning is, is cover a little bit of nostalgia. Um, so some of you, this will make uh, sense to, you know, some of you will remember some of this stuff, um, but uh, some of you won't. But, um, when I was training for lay ministry, one of the favorite quotes of my tutor, whose name was Rodney, um, was, how can you know where you're going if you don't know where you've come from? How can you know where you're going if you don't know where you've come from? And there's a lot of truth in that. You have to look back at where you've gone from, uh, come from to know um, what God wants you to do in, in this next chapter, really. Uh, it's important to look back. I think looking back can be healthy um, if you're doing it for the right reasons. So here's my nostalgia slot. This month, this month, it's 20 years since uh, Amanda and I first came here to St Andrews. So it's 20 years this month that we first arrived. And that was actually for a training day. And at the time, we were part of a church in Toxteth. And I still remember quite vividly that day. Um, there was a prayer session during the training day here. And um, a person who we'd never met before, who was helping lead that training day, singled us out, well, quietly, you know, not in front of the whole church, but uh, that she took us to one side. And she, she told us that, that she felt God was telling us to go. Now, this really struck home with us because a few months earlier, a few months before that, we'd been on a church on the Isle of Man where somebody else gave us a very similar word. Um, so this second prophetic word, obviously it, it caught our attention and it set us thinking. It was clear that we needed to seek God more closely on what he was saying in all of this and we felt we needed to do that away from our home church. So we started coming along to St Andrews, we started coming along here for evening services, because where we were in, in Toxteth, we didn't have an evening service. And here at St Andrews, we did have an evening service in those days. We had an evening service. And then we decided we joined a, a cell group, another thing that we had in those days. We spent six months seeking some clarity from God. And then finally, we attended a worship day at a church in Waterloo. It wasn't the Church of England. It was just a worship day. You know, we were um, 
ordinary people didn't know anybody just going along to, to be with God and experience his Holy Spirit. And a third person we'd never met came up to us and gave us that same word. So three people, none of who knew us, all told us the same thing. And it was at that point we realised that we needed to, to leave Toxteth and, and join St Andrews. You can't really ignore God, can you, when he tells you the same thing, not once, not twice, but three times. And that's what happened. And clearly that was God speaking to us. And given it was six months on, you know, it was probably a little impatience on his part there. I've told you these things, why aren't you getting on with it? Now, thinking back, the things I remember about St. Andrew's then were the warmness of the welcome, the friendliness of the people, and the amazing closeness I felt to God when I worshipped here. Those were three things that really grabbed me, really struck me. And I'm pleased to report that some things don't change, and I'm sure you'll agree, you know, those things are still very much evident here at St. Andrew's today. Then, of course, there were the trips to the New Wine Festival, and a lot of you will have been along to New Wine. Um, quite a few of us went over the years, and they helped us to build uh, a bigger sense of community with each other, as well as teaching us lots more about the love and the power of God, and those were amazing times that we spent together. Another thing that I've always felt makes St. Andrew's special is um, the focus that we have here on seeking out and caring for the least and the lost in our community. And seeing St. Andrew's Community Network grow over the years into an organisation that helps out so many people who are struggling to make ends meet, well, that makes me feel very proud of everything that's gone on here um, in this church over the years in, in the name of God. And I really do believe that that reflects Jesus' love in action. The things that we're doing there as a church reflect Jesus' love in action. But enough of St. Andrew's nostalgia. That's not what we're here for today. I'm going to move on and we'll take a quick look at this Bible passage. So um, this is actually a second piece of looking back, really, uh, that is clearly a very healthy thing to do. And that's uh, looking at God's word in the Bible because it was written many, many years ago, but it's still as relevant today as it was yesterday. Um, and, you know, looking at passages in the Bible, that helps us to make sure that we're not actually losing focus on the key messages of Jesus. Now, as Christians, God is calling us to live out our lives with Jesus at the centre of everything that we say and everything that we do. And that's actually reflected, I believe, in our reading this morning. It tells of the formation of the first church immediately after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension. The Holy Spirit has just fallen in great power upon the first apostles. And Peter, this very man who denied Jesus three times only weeks earlier, and then he hid from view for fear of his life, for fear that people were going to single him out and kill him, crucify him, 
the same way as, as Jesus had been crucified, this man who had been totally full of fear has just gone through the most amazing transformation that's taken him from that living in fear, living in fear of death, living in fear of his own safety. It's taken him from that to a bold, brave, and able person, somebody who's able to speak out about Jesus in total confidence and in total freedom. And consequently, that day we're told that Peter saw 3,000 people give their lives to Jesus just on that one day, with the Lord adding to their number daily. Now, wouldn't that be a great thing to see here in Liverpool? Don't we all long for that? Isn't that something that we pray for, that we cry out for? Those people formed the first Christian church and that first Christian church, we're told, is a place of celebration. It was a place of exuberance and joy. But most importantly, we're told that this first church was a church of love. The first church was full of love. It was full of love for God. And that was demonstrated, we're told, by their devotion to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of the bread and to their focus on prayer. And it was also a church that showed love for one another. It was full of love for one another. And that was demonstrated by the members' desire to meet together daily. Not even just weekly, but to meet together daily. To eat together. And to meet the needs of others by sharing out their money across the community. And finally... It was a church that showed great love for the world. And it showed that by sharing the good news of Jesus with those outside of the church. Now, as our church moves forward, I really do feel that looking back is important so that we can make sure that we're still focusing on the key essentials. Looking back at our time so far at St Andrews, I can see a church that's been focused on those key priorities of the early church. Just like the first church, I believe we show a real love for God here. We show a real love for God. And we show that through our teaching and through prayer. And I also believe we show a real love for each other. And we show a real love and care for our wider community outside of these four walls. And also a real love and care for the world. All those things, to me, are apparent in this church. Now, don't get me wrong, like any church, there are things here that we could do better if we put our hearts and our minds to it. However, I'm sure you'll agree um, that it's really important. Key traits of the early church alive and as well as moving forward into the next chapter here at St Andrews we need to keep those key things that God keeps telling us about that Jesus told us to do we need to keep those things here very much present and alive in all that we say and in all that we do and we will 
Well, last year in church, we've been in a bit of a holding period, haven't we? It's never an easy time when you enter a lengthy period of time without your leader. And the normal pattern during this kind of time is for things, at best, to remain static. Inevitably, there are some areas that might move slightly backwards. Now, they say it's dangerous to single out individuals for praise without fear of upsetting others. But with that risk in mind, there are four people particularly, I think, we are most in debt to for keeping things ticking over well and moving forward at St Andrews. First of all, Sue. The, the amount that Sue has done behind the scenes during this period of interregnum has been absolutely enormous. Her strength and, and, and her vision uh, through that time has just been absolutely amazing. And it's taught me lots uh, about um, God and, and Jesus in action. I don't know, Sue, where you get all your strength from. Well, I do know where you get your strength from. It's from God. And clearly, um, Jesus is very much alive in Sue. And we give thanks for that. And, and we give thanks to Sue because everything that Sue has done behind the scenes you might not appreciate you, you see her up here for some of the services but behind the scenes her effort has been enormous and then there's Wendy Wendy has led the church council with tremendous wisdom and with uh, tremendous vision and the way that she's handled that has had God and Jesus right through it and i'm very grateful i think we should all be very grateful for the way that, that wendy has um, kept the church council going and uh, helped us to, to focus on things that we need to focus on in moving forward and appointing somebody to take us into that next chapter and then there's our church wardens julia's here this morning i uh, don't think kelly is haven't seen kelly but our church of wardens over the last 12 months have been a real source of strength um, so i'd like to thank you all for the commitment that you've given over that time we're really blessed here at st andrews to have a very strong preaching and, and service leading team and that's something we should all thank god for every week if not every day because most churches you know aren't that blessed most churches don't have the kind of people, um, the number of people that we have um, who are uh, gifted with preaching and leading. And all of the people in that team have helped us to keep things moving forward, um, just as the worship team have as well. I mean, the, the amount that Sefer has done um, in leading the worship team has been absolutely enormous too. Um, so I, I should mention Sefer as well. So there you go, that's five people. So... Here we are now, uh, nearing the start of a new In two weeks' time, we'll have a new vicar. Will Gibbons is being inducted on Sunday the 19th of February at 3pm. Don't forget that. Sunday the 19th, 3pm. There's no morning services that day. Don't come in the morning because if you do you'll be stuck outside in the cold and nobody wants that. So please do if you can make time to come along 3pm Sunday the 19th to give Will your and his family
prayerful support as they join us here at St Andrews on the next step of our journey. Now, with a new leader, it's it's inevitable, isn't it, that over time we will see some changes made to the way that we do things here at St Andrews. God is bound to talk to Will, as he does every new leader, about changes he'd like to see here at St Andrews. Now, I've no idea personally what those changes are going to be. That's clearly something that Will is going to discern um, with God over the next six months or so, maybe a little bit longer. But I am sure of one thing in all of that, and that is this, that any changes that are made will be positive changes because those changes will have come from God. In some ways, I'd compare these changes to a dripping tap. I had the most amazing picture of a dripping tap that I was going to put up, but I can't share that with you. But you all know what a dripping tap looks like. And why, you may ask me, do I compare those changes to a dripping tap? Well, it's quite simple, really. We've had a dripping tap in our kitchen now for nearly two months, and it's very frustrating You stand there, you know, I'm making me lunch or putting the kettle on and your constant drip, drip, drip of this tap. Really annoying. You're seeing water going to waste and there's the concern as well that who knows, any time this thing might just burst and could end up with water everywhere. Not something you really want. It's only a little problem. It's a little drip. It's nothing major. And normally you'd get a plumber in to change the washer, wouldn't you, to to fix the tap. And then everything's fine. In my case, this happened just before Christmas. You know what it's like trying to get a plumber on the run-up to Christmas. First plumber I could get was um, middle of January. So we had to go all that time uh, without it getting fixed. But it was okay. You know, it was only a, a minor problem. Then we finally got somebody come along and he takes a look at it and he says, Oh, this tap... Uh, it doesn't have washers. It's a newfangled sort of tap. They use cartridges these days. And the thing is with cartridges, you know, I'm, I'm told that um, pretty much every tap now that's on the market has a different size of cartridge. So you can't find... It's not like, you know, with a washer, there's probably about three or four different sizes. You take the whole thing off, put one in, carry them all in your bag at all the time and then it's done you've got to find the right cartridge and these days because everybody's so busy and so rushed they can't be bothered trying to track down the right car it doesn't say and even if you do you don't know what number the tap is um so you know normally when they come out they just say buy a new tap we'll come back and we'll fit the new tap so i had to go out and buy a new tap And now I'm waiting for somebody to come along and fit the new tap. In the meantime, we found somebody else to look at it. And he said, I can track down these cartridges. No problem. Just give me time. And, you know, it's a brilliant tap you've got here. You don't want to waste that. I'm with that. Don't want to waste resources. Okay, so let's try and get this cartridge then. Well, he did a good job. He found a number on the tap. He he Googled it. He he got in touch with a company in Mould. So, you know, local company. Um keeping people in in business in in the local community. I count mould as local because it's North Wales. And, um, you know, cartridges got sent, took a week, came back, put them in, wrong cartridge, the tap didn't fit on the end. 
So we're still stuck here with this flipping, dripping tap whilst he sends the cartridges back. And I've got this new tap sitting there in a box, and I'm thinking, why don't you just fit the new tap? But no, he's very proud, and he likes to do his job properly. And we do like the tap. So, you know, we're patiently waiting whilst this place in mould send another type of cartridge for us to try, and please God, that will sort the thing out. It's only a minor problem. We can live with it. You know, with taps, I think something minor should be done to make it work properly again, like changing a washer. It shouldn't be a major rip out and replace, should it? That's not what we're looking to do. And that's how it is with St Andrews, to be honest with you. We've got the fundamentals right. We've got those right by good and inspired leadership over many years going back. We've got the fundamentals right. We love God. We love Jesus. And we love each other. We love our community. And we love the world. And this is the power of his Holy Spirit in us. That's what it's all about, isn't it? We love God. We follow Jesus. We love each other. We love our community. We love the world. And it's the power of his Holy Spirit to make us better, of, uh, better equipped. The power of the Holy Spirit can make us better equipped to take the message of Jesus to those who need to hear it most. That's what we want to do, isn't it? Nothing's changed. One of the key things I think we've needed to change in our church for some time now, though, is the complexity around how church is run. It's increasingly difficult for us to get people here to fill positions on our church council. You know, for the last couple of years, we've had vacancies and people come on, they find, and then they, they go off again. So for a couple of years, we've not had a full church council. And also, we've struggled for some years now to find two people to be church wardens for us and also uh, to find somebody to be a treasurer. Um, we're blessed because we have a good church council and we have enough to make it work. And we have somebody over the last year who's led that, as I say, with, with wisdom and integrity. Uh, so we are blessed, don't get me wrong. And we're blessed with two church wardens as well. God singled out and brought forward two people. And those two people have done the most amazing job. But it's hard work. You ask any of those people, they'll tell you the bureaucracy around uh, an Anglican church is enormous and we're not alone with that problem most church of england churches even the ones that are richer you know i, I know people at churches in at the south of liverpool who've got a lot more money and they still have the same issue they can't get people to fill the key positions that make the church of england work so we're not alone we spend too much of our time on church politics and that means we can't focus as much as we need to do on our primary calling from God, which is to love God, to love each other, and to love our community. 
Take me as a case in point, if you like. I believe my key calling is as a lay minister. I'm licensed by the bishop. I'm licensed to, to, to preach, to lead services, to take funerals, and to be involved um, and helping pastorally. But at the moment, most of my time in church is being spent on money matters because I've picked up this mantle of treasurer. Now, that's not something I feel is one of my giftings, and it's not something I feel called to do. But um, as somebody who loves this church, I couldn't just stand by when nobody else was here to fill that very important position. If somebody's not looking after the pennies, you know what happens. And, um, you know, I couldn't stand by and see that, so I, I volunteered to take this up. And I've been doing that now for 18 months. It's taken a lot of my time. And as we move forward, it's not going to take less. It's probably going to take more. And that's not where I feel called to. I don't think that's what we see in um, Acts. If we look at the, the first church either, we, we don't see that there. In uh, Acts chapter 2, the reading we had this morning, there was no church politics, was there? There were just those key fundamentals that we were talking about. So we need to get back to doing more of those important things that the early church focused on. We need back to get back to doing them well. We Don't get me wrong, we do them well, but we can do them better if we free up the right people to have the time to do those things that God is calling us to focus on and we break down the bureaucracy around running the church. I had a really good picture for this. It was a picture uh, of a guy wearing, uh, surprisingly, a red jumper. It wasn't me. It was somebody else. But he was tied in chains and he was completely shackled um, because of the bureaucracy around the, the church. And it, it's, it's breaking those chains, um, loosening that bureaucracy that's going to set us free to focus more on the things that God is calling us to do. And that's why I'm so excited about the changes to the church organization that are coming up. In my view, they make a lot of sense and they give us a lot more hope for the future. Hopefully by now, everybody here has heard of Fit for Mission. Sue mentioned it before. Is there anybody here who has not heard of this thing, Fit for Mission? So everybody's heard of it. It's an initiative, and it will see a number of churches across our part of Liverpool joining forces. And that will give us a new big but with many worship centres, and St Andrew's will be one of those worship centres. So we'll have one new bigger parish, lots of worship centres, all the churches, and St Andrew's is one of those. And this new parish will have one church council. So that's one council that's required to run the whole of this new parish, which will have, I think it's ten worship centres in total. Excuse me. <coughs> And it will have two church wardens. So there will be two church wardens who cover the whole of this new parish. They will be officially church wardens for all of these ten churches. So, bigger parish, many worship centres, and St Andrew's is one of them. 
one parish council covering the whole of that area and two church wardens covering the whole of that area. So far fewer people across our patch of Liverpool will be caught up in that church bureaucracy. And I feel that's a really good thing. Here at St Andrews, we'll have deputy wardens. So we'll still have people doing the day-to-day, and there'll be deputy wardens. So though their responsibilities will be less, but there'll still be some there. So, you know, still get money in, still have to count the money. The money has to be banked. The buildings need looking after, all that kind of thing. So we'll have deputy wardens, and we'll also have a leadership team but we'll have nothing that's called a church council. That'll just be the one thing across the whole of this new parish. Freeing us from a lot of the church bureaucracy will allow St Andrews a new focus. We will have a new focus, and good news is that that will be our old focus, so we'll be focusing more on mission. We'll become more fit for mission, that's why it's called fit for mission. And, you know, that's something we've been passionate here at St Andrews for many years now. If you look back to when St Andrews was formed 120 years ago, I think it's 120 now, isn't it? We came out of a mission hall around the corner, and then we got this church building, and we've been in this building ever since. But our focus has always been on mission. So I believe this new model is going to move us forward and it will help us become more like the early church was. It will allow us to share our resources as well with other neighbouring churches. But most importantly, and sadly I don't have a slide for this. I would have done, but I don't. I've got to stop saying that, haven't I? Um, that This is the most important thing and this is the key thing to grasp in all of this. This is not going to take away our independence. Decisions for St Andrews will still be made by our leadership team, led by our new vicar. So we'll have our new vicar leading a leadership team and the vicar and the leadership team together making the decisions for St Andrews. And any money that is given, and any of you who are um, um, good enough to to give us money that will still be given to St Andrews and that money will be controlled by St Andrews so all of the money that's coming into us as a church will be ring fenced in a special account to be used for St Andrews and the only way that money will be used anywhere else across the larger parish is if you give your permission to make that happen so you have the choice of where your giving goes that doesn't change. You always have that choice. And uh, we're very grateful. I particularly, as treasurer, I'm really grateful for the generous giving of everybody in this church. And um, I, I pray that that may long continue. So we've still got our independence and still making our own decisions. But the other big thing that this change will give us have you heard of um, a, a central body of the Church of England called the Church Commissioners? Does everybody know what the Church Commissioners are or who they are? They're the, the, 
the, the people in London who control all the money for the Church of England. Now, you've probably seen a lot in the papers about how rich the Church of England is. A lot of that richness is going down slowly because of the problems the Church of England have. And a lot of those problems are caused by the bureaucracy that I've just been talking to you about. Um, the church commissioners have agreed that uh, they will release money to these new bigger parishes from the church commissioners' coffers. So uh, by going this new route with new church, we'll be able to fix our heating in the church. We'll have a proper heating system that heats the church and makes it fit for mission in the 21st century. And that's not all. We'll get money to fix our church hall. And we will make the church hall a building that is fit for mission and for use by our community in the 21st century. And won't that be a good thing? It's a bright and a warm future all round. It'll take a little while for this money to come through and all of this doesn't start officially until January next year. So January next year, we'll see our church council dissolved and we'll then start to see the benefits of this new church moving forward. I personally find all that very exciting and I don't know how you feel about it all, but this is my final point this morning. Um, in all of this, this is a new opportunity for a new you. You have a new opportunity for a new you in this new parish. So let me encourage you to pray and to consider what God is calling you to do in this new church. If you've got any doubts or concerns about any of the stuff that's going on, uh, if you've got any questions at all, please uh, don't keep them to yourself. You know, we, we, we want everybody to understand what's happening here. Um, so if you've got any questions, doubts or concerns, speak to either Sue or me or speak to Wendy or speak to um, Julia, Callie or anyone on Fit for Mission. There are probably um, three of us who know the most about what's going on and that's primarily... Um, it's pri primarily Kerry and Sue and Sefer and to a lesser extent me. So we're the people who probably have the most involvement in uh, making this stuff happen. So ask one of us what's happening and if we don't know, we'll try and find out. But you know, if you feel uncertain, so I mentioned about change, change is a dangerous thing in some ways uh, for us as individuals because it moves us out of our comfort zone. But with God at the helm, we have no reason to fear. You know, all of these changes, these are small changes. They're not enormous changes. They may sound big, but they're not. In the grand scheme of things, they're small changes to improve a church, to make us better moving forward, and to equip us to do the things that God has called us to do. So let me encourage you to treat this as a, a, a new opportunity for you. Think about it and pray about it. If you'd like to know what kind of opportunities are open, 
then Kerry is definitely the best person to speak to because she is coordinating all of that stuff. But as I say, feel free to approach any of us with any questions. Um, what I really want is for everybody to feel comfortable with what's happening, to know that the future here is bright, the future is rosy. We've got a new vicar starting in two weeks' time. Um, the new vicar and his family are going to move us forward. They will build up the team. We'll be getting a curate, so we'll have a vicar and a curate. Very quick succession, the curate due in the summer, I think. So I'll have a vicar and a curate. And we're praying that as, as time moves on, we'll start taking people from the... Um, uh, from the um, ordinance uh, section again. So, you know, in the past, we've been blessed with many ordinands coming through here, learning the ropes. St Andrews is still seen um, as a church that people want to train in um, because we've got the key focus and the key areas we've got right with God, and that's not going to change. So over the next year or so, you'll see that key team build and you'll see God start to, to, to build the congregation again and I feel that's really exciting I feel that's a new start and I very much hope and pray that that is something that you want to be a part of it's an amazing and exciting time ahead God wants you to be a part of it what do you feel you can do Oh, man.